Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show where you'll find real conversations with today's most successful entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from unforgettable personal stories to exact strategies they use on a daily basis. Here's your host, Simon Sander. Hey, I'm your host, Simon Sander, and thank you so much for joining me today. Before we jump into today's interview, I want to do a quick shout out to today's sponsor, OscarHamilton.com. If you want to take your podcast to the next level, they offer audio production and editing services. Um, they edit our podcast, so you need to check them out right now, OscarHamilton.com. So let's get into the show. Today's featured guest is The Real Brian. Welcome, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. The Real Brian began behind the microphone in high school. He's currently the host of four podcasts and working on some additional ones behind the scenes. His purpose is to empower and encourage others from behind the mic. Brian roasts his own coffee, enjoys biking, skiffy, superheroes, gaming, basketball, of course, his wife and greyhounds. Um, the Real Brian, tell us a bit more about yourself and fill in any blanks from that intro. Yeah, right now I'm currently hosting the Real Brian Show. That's my main focus. Um, I like you. You mentioned a minute ago I was doing a lot of different podcasts. I've had a lot of tremendous opportunities, but I've decided to step back and uh, focus on one show and really make that good. I'm happy you brought that up. Uh, for me personally, I've cut down so many projects that I've been working on over the past few years, and right now I'm really focusing on just few things. Brian, tell me why now? Why did you start focusing and uh, being more mindful about it uh, right now? Well, you know, the the blessing and the curse of the entrepreneur is that there's there's so many opportunities and, you know, a lot of times we have the desire to do so many things. And also there's that aspect of saying, you know what, this could be a potential. So, you know, it's a good idea to have your hands in different things. And yet, you know, all of the interviews that I've done over the years and all of the advice that I was getting is uh, I was hearing the consistent aspect of focus, 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 focus. And I thought, you know, I'm involved in too many things. And, um, you know, none of these things are being done with excellence because, well, my time is spread thin. You know, one show takes full time and yet it's only getting five hours a week. And so I've decided that, you know what, I need to kind of step back. In fact, I just recently stepped down from Aero Squad, which uh, honestly, that show, three and a half years, I ran with it. It provided so many opportunities and relationships and connections. And I mean, just it's unbelievable how many opportunities it provided. But that started to run dry. And it was one of those scenarios where I said, you know, it's a great thing. It's a good thing, but I need to focus on the essential thing, which right now is the real Brian show. And I can be 100% focused on that, put a lot into that, really grow that thing and turn it into my main focus. So you've given up a few of your own podcasts that you've been working on for years and years. Um, that uh, must have been hard. Oh, yeah. Uh, Aero Squad was tremendously hard to get rid of because we actually, uh, well, I mean, it's still going, but it's it's a very large listener base. And like I said, it provided some of the best opportunities that I've ever had, uh, including the friendships and relationships. But I'll say that uh, ProfitCast wasn't as hard to give up because that was intended to be a business. And um, there were, you know, there were some great business opportunities that came as a result of it. But there were some other things that, you know, were uh, lots of work for very little to no return. Um, and so to me, <laughs> that's not hard to give up because if I'm going to have fun, then that's different. But if I'm working, then I would expect some kind of a return. Um, or, I mean, yes, my goal is to impact others and, and I love doing that. And of course, you know, if I, if I'm changing somebody's life or encouraging somebody, that's totally worth it. 
Um, but obviously there's that work that, hey, you still got to have that return. One of the great things about focusing is that if you focus on just a few things, you will start feeling more free and uh, you don't get overwhelmed that easily. Um, do you feel that way, Brian? Oh, yeah. And this is actually very recent. I mean, we're talking within the last week, you know, at the time of this recording. So, you know, I'm still not 100% sure what it's going to entirely feel like because, you know, one thing just just got done. And um, and I'm you know, I've, I've eliminated a couple of other things and I'm working on eliminating a couple of other smaller things, you know, that take up time as well. But um, this week so far, it's been amazing because uh, my, my mental space is much, much more free. And I've been able to say, you know, I'm actually getting more creative. I'm coming up with stuff that I haven't been able to come up with in years because I've been so busy and my mind's been so full and, and scattered. So it's it's awesome. <laughs> I know you'll be able to grow your podcast to insane numbers because now you'll be finally able to focus on things in hand and you won't be stressed out as I as I mentioned before. When I was looking over your bio and what you've done before, um, something that really stood out to me was that you started broadcasting in high school. Let's go back to that time. You know, um, so the, the journey started in high school, yes, but actually was a passion <clears throat> way back. Um, I, well, it's kind of funny. I would listen to old Wolfman Jack broadcasts, um, you know, whether they were recorded or whatever, and then old recorded broadcasts of Orson Welles, you know, War of the Worlds, The Shadow, some of those kind of things from the 30s. And and I was really fascinated by the idea of radio. Um, I loved the idea of the DJ, uh, and I really wanted to get in and do a morning show and, and share music with people and spin the music. But that was back when, you know, a radio DJ actually had a personality and, you know, delivered great content. And so then I got into radio. I did, um, well, it started off with in my bedroom, I would sit down, I'd put a cassette tape in and I'd record myself talking on a Radio Shack mic that I, you know, hung from a broomstick on the ceiling. <laughs> so I would do that. And then I got into high school. We did our high school radio station. I did college radio. And then I actually got in to do some um, local broadcast radio for years. Uh, I did a, a broadcast radio station that was also syndicated. Had a lot of fun with that. Um, and then I did internet radio. It was just this passion that I wanted to be behind the mic. But radio started its decline towards, um, I mean, I didn't really get that far into my career before radio was starting to go down. And I heard about podcasting and I thought, man, podcasting is the way of the future. Um, and when it comes to music, most people don't listen to radio anymore. They listen to Spotify, you know, or something like that. So I'm going, you know, Spotify is killing the DJ. I don't need to be doing this anymore. I need to still get behind the mic, but I need to find the new technology. And that's kind of what led me to podcasting and uh, understanding how to transition from that radio journey over to the podcasting journey. You had a pretty uh, cool start when it comes to your first show. Uh, tell me about that. It was, uh, well, it was actually a version of the morning show that I did on uh, the radio station. But then the first official podcast was interviewing um, hip hop and rap artists, which was a short run. It was very difficult. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. Very difficult getting, you know, people scheduled and getting these artists scheduled because, you know, there's so many you know, so many things. And then Arrow, uh, Arrow Squad was really the next one that, that happened very soon thereafter, um, which was uh, started off as TV Talk Arrow and then turned into Arrow Squad. So that, that I consider Arrow Squad to be the main first podcast that I did. Arrow Squad. I think everybody in the audience should look that up. Before you mentioned the importance of having a podcast, um, not only it's fun, uh, hopefully it brings in some revenue, but you'll meet some amazing people, some amazing entrepreneurs, whatever industry you're in, you'll meet some amazing people. Um, Daryl Bryan, tell me what has been your experience when it comes to that? 
Oh, that's wonderful. You know, and, and I think you, you hit on something right there is, um, you know, meeting new people because having an opportunity to interview people like you do uh, and like I've done with ProfitCast and, and now even The Real Brian Show, uh, man, you know, that opportunity would not happen without something like a podcast. And so I love that medium because, you know, I've, I've had a chance to interview multimillionaires and, and actors and really wonderful, successful people and people who don't make millions and, you know, aren't famous, but have an incredible story to share. And so, you know, learning from these people, building these relationships would never have happened if it weren't for podcasting. Uh, you know, so that's a, that's a huge thing, not to mention meeting people, friendships that I've built. And it's also led to opportunities in business, you know, uh, paid things, you know, opportunities to make money, all kinds of things like that, because you get out there, you, um, I heard this recently, you know, podcasting so wonderful for building that influence and building that personality for people to really get around. Um, you know, and for me, getting behind the microphone has always been my passion though. So podcasting for me is not a means to an end. Getting behind the microphone is that end, if that makes sense. So for me, it's it's a little bit different. I just, I love doing this so much. And so my goal is to, you know, continue to make that career around the idea of podcasting and not to get spread too thin with business. However, for many people that I know, including some clients I have, their podcast is a wonderful tool for furthering their business, furthering their expertise and their influence uh, in whatever field they're in and actually growing their business and growing their uh, clientele and money. Podcasting is an excellent way to build an audience, build authority, become an expert, whether you're being interviewed or being an interviewer. So whoever is listening and has been thinking about starting a podcast, today is the day Get your podcast up and running. At this point in our conversation, I really want to understand why you are successful. So could you tell me, as an entrepreneur, what is the one thing that you do that you feel has been the biggest contributor to your successes so far? You know, it's that, that's a great question. Um, that's actually a question that I'm continuing to seek from other entrepreneurs. But I say that, um, you know, when doing ProfitCast and, and interviewing the people that I've interviewed there and also on The Real Brian Show... If there's one thing that I have seen consistently across the board, and it's something that I used to do without knowing I was doing it because it, you know, I was just inherent. And then the more I learned, the more complicated my mind got and the more, you know, I, I, I just, I forgot the basics. You know what I mean? Cause you're like, ah, and I go back to the basics and I hear what these very successful entrepreneurs say. And it's the same thing that I'm going to say here is you've got to be who you are. You've got to embrace your strengths. You've got to embrace the best you. And uh, and you've got to go after the thing that you know that um, you're going to have the most, uh, I, I'm going to call it attraction because I don't think it's just passion. Passion definitely is something there, but it also involves talents. You know, it involves something you can actually be very good at that you either are good at or can be good at. Uh, and it's something that, you know, you can make a difference with. So that's why I say it's kind of that attraction thing. And you know, my whole life I've been told I'm excellent behind the mic. My whole life I've been told I'm excellent behind the piano and, you know, that I encourage people. And then if I go off and I try to do something that somebody else may be fantastic at and I'm not, then I'm just going to spin my wheels, fail and get frustrated. Um, and, and I heard a really good piece of advice recently, too. Uh, a, a friend of mine actually owns a business locally. He went after a business that he was in and he could not market for the life of him. No matter how hard he tried, he learned everything. He just couldn't do it. And then he switched over into the business that he's in right now, which is tea, by the way, um, which he loves. And he's like, I have no problem marketing anymore. It's like I tell everybody about it. And I, it's so easy. And I said, what changed? And his thing was, 
I love tea and I'm not ashamed of it. And I'm like, that's a secret, <laughs> you know? And I've realized that when I'm not ashamed of something, like I'm so proud to share it with somebody and I just want people to know what I'm doing, not because I want them to pay me or to make me look better, but because I'm so excited about what I'm doing and that I know it's going to benefit somebody. I know it's going to share, or I mean, I, that I want to share it and it's going to help them. To me, that's when I know I've, I've, I'm on the right track. Yeah, in a way, you were really fortunate. Uh, starting from high school, you already understood quite well what you want to do in the future, what you're good at, and that kind of set you up for success. Um, I want to talk about your current company. Tell me, what are some of the revenue numbers you can share with the audience? Well, you know, to be completely honest, um, I, I've changed quite a few things over recently, so uh, I don't really have too many good numbers to share yet. <laughs> just because The Real Brian Show is very new. Um, so that's something that I'm in the process of. Uh, in fact, I just recently kind of tweaked the format. It's one of the things that I, you know, I try to do is I, I, I do my research, then I put it out there, and then, of course, you want feedback from people to find out what they're what they're really saying. And um, it was very interesting, some of the feedback that I got that was uh, uh, it told me a lot of what I needed to do, which was great. So I just recently did that. I'm in that marketing phase of now trying to get it out there. Uh, you know, and I look at marketing two ways. One is people need to know about it. And two is you need to make sure your content is so good that people want to share it. And then obviously they give something about it they, or they get something from it. Um so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm actually working with just a couple of production clients uh, on the side. But like I said, I've pared down so many things that that's what I'm doing. I'm focusing, I'm growing this, and I'm getting out there. Yeah, there's so many different ways to generate the revenue from a podcast. And uh, what's the plan for you, uh, for your show? Is it sponsorship, uh, courses, consulting? Tell me about that. Well, right now I'm going after advertising. That will be my my first focus. And then I'm considering... Uh, and this is, again, this goes back to being the best me. The best me is behind the mic. So, you know, a lot of people will come to me and ask me questions about podcasting or about business and they'll, they'll say, well, you know, what about this and how did you do this? And, and I don't mind answering those questions. Um, and I've been told that, you know, a lot of people will learn some very tremendous things from me, which, you know, it, it, that's really cool to hear, you know, just because I share stories, I share personal stories, experiments, things that I'm doing. And somebody will go, wow, never thought of it. I need to do that. Or I need to, you know, I learned something there that I need to apply to my life. So I'm really considering a different form of, um, of teaching, I guess, if you want to call it that, where I could share stories like that, very specific examples that people can learn from and apply to their life rather than the whole, here's 10 steps how to do this. Because if I sit down and try to do, here's 10 steps to set up your studio, it's not going to be good. <laughs> it's just not who I am. It's not my best me. Um, so, you know, I'm looking into something like that where I could create some level of a course, per perhaps I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm really honestly not sure if I want to do that. My main focus is I want to be behind the mic. I want to have three episodes a week, which is what I'm doing right now. And I want to be able to, you know, really utilize awesome partnerships with companies, um, to do this full time, which I know is not easy. And I know a lot of podcasters do not take this route. So I have to be one of the ones that, that, that you know, that does it. One of the best ways to generate revenue is to start uh, putting together courses and selling them on your website and promoting them on your show. But I don't know if you want to do that. And since you have so much knowledge on the topic, I would start with one-on-one -on -one consulting. You could help so many people reach bigger audiences. You could help people start their podcasts. So I think one-on-one -on -one consulting, Brian, that's the way to go. Yeah. And that is something that, you know, I enjoy passing on. And I think the the mistake I made, um, you know, which goes down to what, what's a, a bad thing is that I didn't think I knew enough about that. So I gave that away for free for way too long. And I realized that I had missed out on a lot of revenue and a lot of opportunities 
uh, people took that advice for free, which was a bad thing. And so it hurt me. Um, so now I do charge for that kind of stuff. Um, but then I also do a lot of uh, audio production for, you know, business podcasters who are, Hey, they want to get the message out, but they don't have time to work on the production because this is a side thing for them. And, uh, so I do enjoy the audio production side of things as well. And I'm, I'm very good at that. My focus is still behind the mic, but I know that, you know, hey, I've got talent here and I can help these people, which is great. Yeah. I want to talk about growth and understand how did you grow your podcast? Let's go over some techniques and strategies you use to grow the podcast. Well, I mean, there's a ton of different strategies out there that, you know, you'll hear. And the ones that I've found to be, you know, the most effective are, um, well, so to be completely honest, when it comes to the advertising and, you know, getting the word out to people that you've never met before. I'm not the best when it comes to that. That's actually something I'm currently trying to learn because, you know, the the strategy of iTunes really has changed. Getting in new and noteworthy doesn't really mean anything anymore. And so, you know, those are those are the strategies that I learned. You would get in, you know, you'd you'd have a ton of reviews, you'd have people listening, they'd subscribe, and you'd get noticed in iTunes. Well, when I launched the Real Brian show, that strategy didn't work anymore. So that was bad. <laughs> um, so now I'm having to learn new strategies about okay, what about backlinking and, you know, getting people to share it and other things like that. And those are the things that I've never learned before. I've heard about them. I know Pat Flynn talks about them, uh, but I've never personally had to learn them nor did. So, uh, so now I'm in the process of learning how to get it in front of more ears. So that's the one side of things. Again, that goes to the awareness thing. And I can't speak too much on that just because I'm not very well versed on that. Um, but what I am versed on is the strategy of keeping them once they've come and they've heard you keeping them, building that loyalty, building the relationships and having them want to share it. So, you know, the couple, couple of the strategies that I do on that are one is, is obviously the value of your content. Um, I know that, you know, I can sit there and I can perform circles around a lot of people and that's fun. But if they don't have something that they can walk away with and go, you know, wow, that, that, that impacted me or, or that helped me or that taught me something or that, you know, it entertained me or whatever the case is. And then, you know, I'm just noise. So I, I really do make sure that every bit of content that I'm delivering, I listen. Who said something about what? You know, what's the consistency that I'm finding here? Are people responding a lot to this segment versus this segment? And there have been segments in my show that I've just, they've disappeared because I never heard anything from people on it. Uh, people didn't complain about it, but they just never heard feedback. So they disappeared, <laughs> you know, and I focused more on the other segments that people did talk about, which thus brought more love and, you know, uh, and encouragement, that kind of thing. And then on the other thing, of course, is, uh, having guests on, I am a huge proponent to partnering with people as much as I can, even if that's just interviewing somebody, or if that's having a guest co-host on recognizing my listeners, anytime somebody writes me, I will get in touch with them. I try to build a relationship, of course, being on other people's podcasts like this, for example, uh, not just to, you know, get my name out, of course, but also to help other people and to deliver as much value as I possibly can. And I don't know everything, of course, you know, that kind of thing. And so those are some of the strategies that I've used to really build that great, um, you know, that great loyalty. When I was starting off my podcast, I read everything that I possibly could about ranking your podcast to the top of charging iTunes, how to write great show notes, how to reach out to amazing guests, stuff that isn't actually that important. What is more important? How to create engaging interviews. And that should be number one goal for every podcaster out there. That's actually a really good point. You know, that's funny because I never thought of it until you just said that because it's just something that I've always done. And, uh, but you're right. A lot of people don't actually teach that or, or think about, uh, yeah, they don't think, or they, 
they might think about it, but they may not adjust it. They may not pay attention to it. If you really think about it, it doesn't really matter if you hit new and noteworthy in iTunes. What really matters if the audience keeps coming back to you week after week after week, and that's how you grow a great podcast. At this point in the conversation, I want to take a bit of a different route. I like stories a lot. I love hearing great stories. Uh, and you've been an entrepreneur for quite some time now. Could you walk us through an unforgettable entrepreneurial story with the audience? <laughs> that's that's a really good, it's a great question. It's a tough question. I, I honestly haven't really figured out uh, the most unforgettable thing, but um, I'll tell you that uh, something that something that I've really gone through recently that I, I know is going to help somebody because I've already told some people about this and they've said, oh my gosh, that I needed to hear that. But um, in this day and age, there is so much noise. There's so much clamoring for our attention. And again, I, I said this earlier, as, as an entrepreneur, there's so many opportunities and things to get involved with, so many good things. I was talking with Kate Erickson um, of uh, Kate's Take, an entrepreneur on fire. And we were just chatting about the idea of being so busy and spread thin and, and how do we do this? And she had recommended Essentialism by Greg McEwen to me, that book. Yeah. So I started reading it and I went, you know what? This isn't anything new to me. I know this stuff, but I haven't heard this in a while and I haven't heard it presented this way. And so it was extremely powerful for me to kind of take a step back because I was honestly, Simon, I was getting very, very discouraged. I felt like I was spinning my wheels. I was working 90 hours a week and and I, I lifted my head up one day and was just going, what am I doing? Really? I mean, really, what am I doing here? I mean, I know an entrepreneur's life can be difficult, but what's going on? So I'm reading this book and I'm thinking I need to focus on what is only essential. And and during that time, I said, I'm not starting my day off right. You know, I wake up and I check my phone, which is such a bad habit. I've been doing it for eight years and I've been in this, this, okay, like somebody texts me or somebody messages or I get an email and all of a sudden my day is someone else's every day. It's not mine because I got to get to their, whatever other people need first, because I felt obligated to. And then if I had time left over, then I would get to the stuff that's important for my business, for me, for my podcast, that kind of thing, uh, which usually never happened. So all of the stuff that I'm creating got the leftovers, which, of course, goes nowhere. So I started a new morning routine. So I think this to me, this is unforgettable just because I've seen such an, um, an incredible, drastic, gigantic change overnight. And that was I bought an alarm clock and the phone no longer stays in my bedroom at night. It stays in my, my studio. And I get up, the alarm clock goes off, I wake up and I go have my breakfast. And then I, uh, I'm i actually uh, doing a modified version of the Freedom Journal from John Lee Dumas where I'm doing that. But the first three things that I write are three things that I'm grateful for. And then the second thing that I do is three self-affirmations, kind of a reminder of why am I on this earth? What am I doing? What's my purpose? What am I good at? You know, so that I don't let other people define me. And then three things that I want to see happen today. And that can be general. It doesn't even have to be a task. Um, that could just be like, I want to have a healthy, balanced day. I don't want to be stressed. I don't want to be lazy, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and I don't really have a problem with being lazy. <laughs> My problem is more on the stress side. So those are the three things that I do first. And then I write down the tasks that need to happen in the order of priority. And then typically after that, I'll read, even if it's just a short little bit of reading, just to kind of get my day off, something I need to do. Um, and then immediately, then I start on the priorities that I have. And I set those the day before. I get those done. Those are the things that further my business and also, therefore, result in helping my audience and my community. Um, and then 
I check my phone and find out what's going on and, and see what everybody else needs and make sure I, I take care of a couple of emails. And then I work on the secondary priorities. And that honestly, just by doing that and then reading essentialism and, and honestly starting to cut out some of the things in my life that are good but not essential, that has changed everything so much. I, I am in a completely different place mentally. Uh, even my health is better. My sleep is better. And, uh, and now I'm starting to do more creative work and better work than I've ever done before. And granted, this is recent, so I haven't seen, you know, obviously any major results yet, but I'm starting to see greater and more encouraging feedback from my listeners than I've ever gotten before. Essentialism is a great freaking book. I read it just a few weeks ago, and I think that's one of my favorite books of all time right now. It's called Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less, and I think it was by Greg McGowan. Check it out on Amazon and buy it today. It's going to change your life. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Before we wrap up, I'm going to get one final piece of advice from you. If you could leave our audience with just one final takeaway, what would that be? Well, I know I like to go back to you know being the best you. That's something that I'm, I'm very passionate about just because I, I feel like so many of us have this. I, I don't know if it's a, uh, uh, I don't know. You said that it's, it can be scary sometimes or sometimes we don't know you know, what our, our passions are, or what our, our gifts are and that kind of thing too. And so you know, I take something, take a gift. Uh, like a strengths finder sort of thing, or, or even a personality test, do something to kind of get somewhat of an idea and then write down some of the things that you're really good at. Um, maybe some interests, some of the things that, you know, you can deliver. I think because so many people, I, I tell you what, I, I look around, I love going to coffee shops and working. I, and I'm one of those people that observes, I'm not like, you know, the, the eavesdropper or the stalker, like, not like that, of course, but I just, I hear things and I pay attention to what's going on around me. And I hear so many conversations and I see so many people that are living lives that they wish they weren't living. And I'm just like, why? Why are you doing it then? Do you feel pressured into it? Do you feel like you know somebody has an expectation for you? What, what's the purpose? So it goes back to being the best you. Um, I just heard an example. A friend of mine, her, her daughter, who is, I guess, just turning 19. So, you know, still, still young, still moving in the world went out, took a risk on life to talk about veganism and health and other things like that, moved to Southern California and do a YouTube channel. And here's a 19-year-old who is already succeeding wildly just because she pursued something that she knew she needed to pursue. She you know, embraced the best her. She's growing. She's learning. She puts a lot of effort and time into it. And of course, you know, there's a lot of buzzwords around health and veganism right now, of course, so that helps, <laughs> you know. Um, but it's interesting. It's inspiring to see, you know, stories like that of people who, who go after those things and they say, I like this. I can do something with this. I have a strength in it and I can deliver value to people. And then, of course, they work hard and they do their best with it. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm trying to strive to be like those people as well, being the best of me. Let's end on that note. The real Brian, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, Simon, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.